Hello and welcome back from what I hope was a very relaxing holiday weekend. The interview that we have for today was recorded uh, what feels like ages ago, but I intentionally wanted to release this coming off of a long weekend because if you're anything like me, you typically come back from rest uh, really motivated to begin working on some changes in your business that you'd like to see. And, And Nicole's interview is incredibly motivating, at least it was for me and I'm sure it will be for you. Uh, For those of you that don't know, Nicole Christensen is the owner of CrossFit Roots. She is one of very few Level 4 certified coaches, and she is also a flow master for uh, Levels 1 and 2 trainer courses. Uh, She provides a lot of insight and is very candid with the experience of being a gym owner. I'm I'm positive you will find this uh, super valuable for your own business and for your own motivation. And while I've got you here, uh, I want to talk about our newest platform, Momentum Hub. If you haven't yet, go to 321goproject.com backslash hub uh, to learn more. Honestly, I haven't checked the numbers yet, but I'm guessing that if we're not completely full with our founding spots, uh, there are very few left over. The first 150 people to sign up on the hub will get locked into a $39 per month Uh, membership for as long as you're on the platform. Simply put, Hub is the most affordable resource for gym owners out there. There are templates, uh, how to run a class templates, staff evaluation templates. Uh, Not only that, but a ton of different courses ranging from online marketing, uh, you know, pay-per-click on Google, and business operations, finances, accounting, uh, you name it, it's there. And it's built uh, so that you can take small moments in the day and get some really tangible, uh, actionable advice uh, as you go to kind of help push your business forward. So check that out, 321goproject.com backslash hub. Enjoy today's episode. Recently, I reached out to Nicole because she hosted a an affiliate roundup. If you haven't watched this YouTube series, it's incredible. You guys hosted it at CrossFit Roots some time ago, um, and they're just now being released. Uh, I've enjoyed them. Listeners, I would encourage you to go back and take a look at those. Uh, Nicole, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. So this affiliate roundup, uh, I took some notes as I was as I was going through and watching this. You guys hit on a lot of awesome things in there. The one common theme that always came up is that you care. Like you really need to give a crap to make this thing work (laughs) either for your own sanity or for the success of your business. Uh, Explain what this idea of caring means to you, Nicole. Oh, well, I think as a starting point, it's, it's, it really builds on a foundation of just kind of treating other people how you'd want to be treated. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that really fuels a lot of the care side of it. I know for me, uh, my mom, she worked at a event center and there a lot of times when I'd go in and hang out with her, chip in for different things, she was always just kind of reminding me of etiquette things or saying hi to people or emptying a trash can. And it, it all comes together for caring about the people that you're working with as well as the environment that they're in and, and how they experience that environment. 
So CrossFit Roots opened in in 2008, and I, I'm assuming that you've moved through much larger spaces uh, through a series of you know professionalizations as any mm-hmm. business does as they grow. Yeah. W- was there any major change throughout the history of CrossFit Roots where you actually were able to take a step back and look at, oh, this is the caring in action. This is sort of that manifestation of this care that I've always had? Um, oh, yes. I think it goes, I think it's when the care starts to come back on to you or to your staff from your members. And then you realize that the care that you put into perfecting their air squat or making their deadlift better or helping them do a workout RX for the first time is more than just a workout. And I think a specific example of that, and this is a little bit, it's very close to home because about a year ago, one of our, our full-time trainers, one of our longtime employees was in a horrific um, motorcycle accident and almost died. And it was at the same time that I was on maternity leave with our second daughter. And it was just a really, you know, I was gone from the gym. He was our full-time trainer, one of our full-time trainers, and he was gone as well. And just the outpouring of care from all of our athletes back to him was, I don't know, it was, it was touching. It was, uh, I still get chills when I think about it. As sort of the mama bear of your community, (laughs) what did you feel as this was, as this was going on when you put yourself, you know, back during that experience? I'm sure that, I'm sure it's a fresh feeling, but as this is like your tribe, how did that make you feel? Uh, proud. Yeah. Yeah, definitely proud. Uh, you're gonna make me cry. Um, <laughs> um, it's happened after I had the second kid. I just cry all the time now. Um, not really, but just I get teary eyed. But um, yeah, it was just you know it was. I'm not very I'm not I'm not very religious at all, so I don't have that um, you know that church element in my life of, that I've heard from other friends that you know there's a, a very strong community and a, a care factor there. And uh, you know I I don't have that experience, but I have my my CrossFit gym experience and. Um, it just, it was also really neat to watch the coaches chip in for him and help him out. Um, it was, you know, it was a lot of it fell on them to pick up extra classes and take care of people and follow through on stuff that they'd never done before. And just watching them work together and come together as a team and, and also help me and my husband still have time with our newborn daughter was, was really cool. Nicole, so. this sounds like one of those stories where you step back from a moment for a moment and realize mm-hmm. this is why I did this. This is yeah. why I opened totally. this business, and this is what yeah. keeps me going. Yep. Uh, thank Definitely. you so much for sharing that. By the way, yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think like that is the thing is you. It's really hard, and I, I mean, everybody goes through it. I was just joking with somebody about the two year mark. You know, when you've been open for two years, and you do have to take a step back and 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 reassess where you are and where you want to be. And I know that when I opened the gym, I all I ever wanted to do in my life, and I maybe I didn't know it the whole time, but that's all I had ever tried to really do and was passionate about was coach. Mm-hmm. I started coaching swimming when I was 17 years old and um, coached all through college and then tried to coach at the collegiate level after and just it didn't – I couldn't make any money. Um, I was like, there's no, there's no way I can make a living coaching – so I, I went to grad school and was like, 
okay, that I'll just leave that behind me. And then I found CrossFit and there was this incredible pathway to coach. But on the flip side too, I also saw a, a model for a business that I could still be, I could still be home with my kids, maybe not five days, you know, during the week. Um, but I could be a stay at home mom and I could be the business owner and, um, and I could do both. And so I think that's the other thing is when, you know, when you step back and I'm like, okay, that's, we're we're doing that, you know, like we've built this community and, and we love being able to coach them every day. But on the flip side too, we're also, I'm also getting to do what I always really want to do with my family. There's a common theme that I hear any content that you've ever put out, Nicole, it, it just exudes your passion and drive for quality coaching. Um, that's I, I feel like when I hear your name, it is synonymous with uh-huh. excellence in coaching. And I think our listeners w- would agree with that as well. I'm sure a lot of our listeners had you as their flow master or you know, participating in their education somewhere mm-hmm. along the line, either in person or remotely. It, is this idea, is the way that you think about good coaching being your product the same today as it was in 2008? Yes and no. So on the yes side, uh, I still, and I get made fun of for it, I still look at movement and the level that someone performs in movement at probably an insanely critical level. And, and it just never ends. You know, it's, I, I have to work on that as a coach because I can always be the coach that's like, okay, that was better, but it can, you could still do this or you can still be better that way. And so, you know, there's a balance there. Um, so in terms of just the standard that I, I want for my athletes and what our expectations are from how our athletes develop over time is the same, if not more for, for since 2008. Um, so I think, yes, the, the quality of our coaching is, or my expectation of what a coach can be is the same. I think it's expanded because the gym has grown. And so where it was a lot easier to have one or two coaches when it was just me and uh, Shane were the only two coaches. You know, if, if someone, you know, tweaked something mountain bike riding and we had a sub for them, it was just, I had to just tell Shane. Mm. It was no big deal. Mm. Now we have to have this, this system because there's five full-time coaches. And so they might have five different coaches in a week. And how do you, how do you manage that so that the standard and the quality of the coaching is still the same? But there's more people. An interesting thing that that was brought up. I think Cherie said it when um, during the affiliate roundup that uh, I think she said uh, just the program working is no longer enough. The fact that CrossFit works, the fact that a good mm-hmm. coach is a good coach, yeah. appears to not be enough now. Or 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 we could say, I mean, this is debatable, right? But uh, I do you think that your drive for movement proficiency and excellence was also a driver in business, and has that always been the case, or did you come to real- realization sometime o- over the last, gosh, you know, a lot of <laughs> a lot it's of years? Many years, later. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, did, um, did that was there sort of a divergence there? Yes, there was. I mean, in the beginning, I was all about the coaching, and and I wanted the place to be nice, and I wanted it us to have good process in general on the business side, but. I mean, my focus was always on coaching. And then I went through the, the thing that I hear. I mean, I was listening to Ben a couple of weeks ago on your show and it was a little bit, of, I was hearing a little bit of the same thing where it's, you know, you, 
you started to do the coaching and then all of a sudden you're in the back office and you're doing blog posts and work and you're figuring out programming and stuff and then you're actually not on the gym floor doing what you love and it's, you know, I had to figure out how to bring a different but same level of proficiency to the business side as the coaching side or, and and I think that was the driver is because if I didn't, then I wasn't going to be coaching that much, Mm -hmm. you know, because I was going to have to be more back in the back office. And it's an, it's a, it's a, it's a fascinating, it's incredible how those hours add up. It's just amazing. <laughs> so um, obviously uh, hindsight is always twenty twenty. but I always like to ask this question of, of gym owners that I respect tremendously. Uh, if Nicole today could go back and talk to Nicole 2008, uh, mm-hmm. what, what would you tell her? I think a couple of things. So one, I probably would have said to be a little bit <laughs> more uh, inviting and have a better system for letting people come and try at CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I, I was so wanting to manage that experience for people and help them hear the right things and, and, and also keep them safe, you know, not wanting them to just come to any group class and be thrown into the mix that we really whittled it down to it being a very small window for people to actually come and try CrossFit, which is not really great for your business. Um, when it's like, we have one hour, one day a week for you to come and try us. Does that work for you? Um, and so now we've changed our, our process a lot. We've, um, we've still, it's still safe. And part of that, you know, so now we have a, people can come and try a class any day on Thursday or excuse me, any time on Thursday. But so then that's how the business and the coaching side link together. I have to have coaches that are excellent in what they do that they can take a newbie when the workout is, we follow the main side on a two week delay. So when the workout like for today is, you know, ring, it's the separator. So it's ring handstand, pushups, squats, and burpees, you know, that they know how to scale and, and truly just modify that completely for the beginner in the structure of a group class. So that's, I mean, that's the thing is like the coaching side and the business side are never separate. Mm-hmm. And so when we, yeah, so I would say from years past, maybe I would try and accelerate the process of having a little bit more opportunity for people to just come and try this great thing called CrossFit. And that's something that I always have to remind myself too, is, you know, I'm the, I'm always been like the rule follower mm-hmm. you know, I want like structure and rules. And so, you know, someone will say like, Hey, my cousin's coming and they just want to try CrossFit. And the person is so excited. You know, I can just feel how much enthusiasm they have to be able to show their cousin CrossFit and they really want them to start and they want them to help. And all I can think in my head is, Oh, but we don't have an interclass at that time. Okay. Oh, you know, and, and, and being worried on that side. And I think being able to blend those two and see the value of both has made me grow as a business owner. Um, but also made our business better. Uh, that's Nicole. I I I'm so glad you said that. I feel like just now you were echoing in your cousin example. You were just echoing everything that's in my head. So, <laughs> so it, it's 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 a uh, very encouraging to hear that you have these kinds of same thoughts and struggles in your in your business as well. So, again, to recap, going back to talking to Nicole in 2008, it would be right. more inviting. Have have a little bit have more opportunities I'd- available, right? I would, and I would try. I would, I would recognize that the that you can structure it in a very inviting way, 
and still have the high quality that you want. That's good to hear. Nicole, you had mentioned something uh, during the affiliate roundup that you had learned the things that you need to say yes and no to. And that those things, as you've matured in business, those yes and no answers have become a lot more clear to you. Um, Do you have any examples of those kinds of things that are, certainly I would imagine, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the affiliate owner in 2016 has a lot more things vying for their attention than they did in in 2008. Um, Oh, yeah. So what are some tools that you've used to kind of be able to say yes and no to all of these things that are available to you throughout the years? Well, I think I start with what matters to me, what, what, what's enjoyable to my business, to me on the business side, what are the things I really love doing and that I don't want to give up. And those are always being involved with coaches development hour and our coaches meetings, coaching on the gym floor and group classes um, as well as having a, a, a hand in the programming as well as the blog post. So we, we still post every day with content and things like that. Um, and those are the big four for me. Coaching, coach development hour, coach development type stuff. Um, the, uh, the blog post mm-hmm. and, then, um, and then the programming. And then being able to balance that with family. So as long as I have those, two, those intact, then... I really have to focus on that. What helps me is say, if I say yes to other things, it inevitably cuts out those things. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And what that means is that, you know, maybe I'll have to get someone to sub two of my classes or I'll be somewhere late and I don't really want to be, um, it's whatever it is. Um, so I try and focus on the things that I want to say yes to and hold on to those relative to the other stuff. Then the other stuff is, you know, it's hard because there are so many opportunities people want to, you know, whether it's a product that somebody wants to talk to you about or whether it's uh, an idea or maybe like there's a good synergy between a running group and your gym and how do you play that out. And you have to balance out how much of that is effective and how much of that might flop. Mm-hmm. So the no side, though, which has been really neat, um, is my staff is they're incredible. They just and I, I think you know, this is, this is interesting is, um, I just started basically throwing out to them being like, Hey, somebody, this is, this is, somebody wants to do this or somebody would like to try, you know, this interaction together. or They'd like to come and sample something. And I throw it out to the coaches and if they want to run with it, then I let them, you know, kind of make a plan and, and see what happens. And then it's not always on my plate. Now, obviously, I'm lucky because they're they follow through and they they're professional and they're good at what they do and I can you know I trust I trust them in that sense. So but that's the no side. So the no is now kind of focusing on those things and then seeing how that counters with uh everything else. So a couple of things that you hit on in there. Uh the first of those Nicole is is balance. Balancing Honestly, we we own businesses because we love it, and, and I'm of the opinion if you're not having enjoyment in what you're doing, you're you're probably better off just having a nine to five somewhere, uh, and just going to a gym and training. So, d- is do you have rules both you know for your family and the things that you love doing in your business? Do, do you have a, a structure set up around your day or month or week that sort of allow you to maintain? these boundaries? I try. Mm -hmm. Um, I've gotten, I've gotten better at it. Um, 
So I, on the mornings that I'm home, that I'm not coaching early in the morning, my girls are home until nine. I take them to school at like 845. Mm -hmm. So that time from when they wake up at, you know, our youngest is waking up at 545 right now, which is less than (laughs) desirable. But, um, from when they wake up until then it's, it's them. Mm -hmm. It's, I don't look at my phone. I don't, I don't do work things. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was hard for me because I'd always been someone that even if I wasn't coaching, I was still awake at 5.15 yeah. and working. Um, so that was, that was a big shift, but it lets me start my day. It's a slower start to the day in a way, but it's, it just makes me really happy for the rest of the day. And I'm, I'm okay with then just going and working really hard for whatever else I have to do for the day. Um, so the morning thing is definitely something that I have um, held true to. Um, and then something that I'm just now piecing together, which was, you know, I think a lot of times you, it it becomes a little bit retroactive. So I, I travel on the weekends a lot for the CrossFit headquarters seminar staff. And so if I am away for two days and then I come home and then my girls go to daycare Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we have a nanny on Tuesday, Thursday, it was just. I could cut out of work here and there to try and make up some time, but it happened for maybe a month where I was just like, this isn't okay. Um, so we've shifted some stuff around and then, uh, in the fall I'll get to stay home with them on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that just feels really good. And it's, you know, it's, it's keeping the balance. Um, so that's, I think that's the, that's one, that's one way I I manage it. And then the other side is that we definitely, we do, we do family nights where it's just, you know, we say no to stuff and we, just the four of us and hang out. And I think, Nicole, if you're anything like me, uh, even though the number of hours spent working through creating these rules is less, uh, do uh-huh. you feel more productive in those hours that you're actually working because of these things? Yes, incredible. It's actually been been fascinating. So there's some work that I just started getting done at certain times and forcing myself to either stay up late or get up even earlier just to get that portion. That was my productivity kind of benchmark. And it was amazing how it made everything else start to fit in better. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm de- I definitely think I'm more productive. Um, and there's also a goal, you know, like I, I want the time I, I want to go get in my workout. I want the time with my kids. I still want to do all the stuff for the gym. Um, I got, I'm a representative for a spokesperson for the Healthy Boulder Kids Initiative in Boulder, which is a, a soda tax for the November election. So that's also taking a lot of time. But, you know, it's a balance. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, a- lots of stuff going on. Absolutely. Uh, the, the other thing that you had mentioned in there was your staff. When it comes to saying yes or mm-hmm. no to things, it sounds like you give a lot of ownership to your staff when it comes to making certain decisions in, in your business. Uh, it. Explain some ways that you are able to uh, – let's put it this way. I think a lot of us, because this is our baby, our business is our baby, there's this – a lot of difficulty to, to wrestle away control of key decisions. Um, was there a slow process or were there some easy things that you offloaded early on that maybe our listeners may be able to experiment with using mm-hmm. their staff for more right. key decision-making items? Yeah. Yes. So as a starting point, I, I wanted my staff to big picture goal for my staff and the people that worked for us full time is I wanted them to be able to create their own business within our business. 
So, and then the trickle down from that was there were a number of things that gyms have many or, or gym, excuse me, gym communities want, whether it's a women's only program, a competitor program, an endurance program, but I don't want to run them. <laughs> um, I want to offer them. But again, in the, in the thing of saying yes and no, I need to say no to those because um, they're incredibly time consuming on their own. So we came up with the idea of a closed program. And so the coaches that run those programs, that's theirs. Mm-hmm. It's their baby. They're responsible for the success and the failure of it. So I oversee it and I manage it, um, manage sort of its interaction with the gym. But if it's not getting members, it's, it's on them and they can come and we, we will talk about strategies and we'll make a plan, but it's their, their business. And obviously there's a higher revenue, um, for them take home for, because that's their baby. But then by doing that, you're setting up, it's, it, it was, I didn't know this was going to happen, but it was a really effective way to say, okay, so the ones that was were successful, these are my go-getters. These are the ones that can handle the pressure, that can, that can figure out how to make this happen, how to grow a business, understand how challenging it is, have the support of the bigger business for, you know, kind of like getting people to come to it. Um, and, then, and then with that, um, that's, that's where more opportunity, you know, that's where I convince maybe myself where I was always trying to micromanage stuff to say like, well, no, now I'm just going to, I'm going to offer this to them and see how they do here. Um, and I, just a couple weeks ago, there were like three things, and I was like, okay, if anybody wants to just take on these things, I think we need to do them at the gym. Just write me a proposal. And the meeting hadn't even ended, and two of them were like, okay, I'll write you a proposal for this, and I want this one. I'll get this. And I'm like, all right, done. Um, so I think it, 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 it's, it's a safe environment for them to grow and to learn, and then when they get to that point where they want more, there are always more opportunities at the gym or through the gym or you know, creating them. And... And they want to do that. Do you find that that's a good retention strategy for your staff as well? In addition to uh, you know an ability to pay them more, in addition to right. bringing in additional revenue for the, for the business, do they have you found that they're motivated by responsibility? Yes. Yeah. I they are absolutely motivated by responsibility, and you know I'm probably jinxing myself or something like that, but uh, none of our coaches have ever left and started their own affiliate. Um, no coach we've ever had. And I think, I don't, I don't know why sometimes, I mean, you know, if they wanted to, I would support them. It wouldn't be a bad, you know, I mean, I would support them, but I always like Eric and I, my husband and I, we always wanted to create an environment where if I was the one working and I was putting in my time for the gym as a whole, for the gym as a community, for group classes and, and coaching the members, that I had this like blank slate of a business that I could also create and create a life for myself that honestly came with the added benefit of not having to do payroll and like all the other crap we do as the affiliate owners, like insurance and then verifying insurance and then sending insurance, you know, like all that stuff. Um, renegotiating another five year lease. Um, that's the environment I would want to work in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I would want to say like, Hey, I want to be part of this staff. I want, I want to be part of something that's always trying to be better. And, and I'm coaching athletes on the gym floor on a daily basis. So I'm pitching into the, you know, all the group classes that need to be taught. 
But on the flip side, the sky's the limit on what I can create for my own revenue and my own, you know, drive. That I love that. Uh, I think that that is, you know, I mean, again, not to jinx you, Nicole, but I, I think <laughs> almost almost going a decade without having, you know, a staff branch off to open their own affiliate, I think is a testament to you. I, I, I certainly don't think that these are, that's something that happens on accident, Nicole. So, so, so props to you on that. Um, <laughs> so I want to back up a little bit. We've kind of zoomed in on roots a little bit and you, yeah. I, I would like to, you have this really unique perspective because you go to these uh, levels one and two and you talk with a lot of people that are potentially looking to open up an affiliate or they are the affiliate owners or, or, or let's say head coaches, things like this. And you also were a part of this affiliate roundup group. So I'd like to, to kind of hear from you on the sort of the state of the affiliate today. Um, my first question is this. Do you think that a new affiliate in 2016 um, faces uh, unique challenges that an affiliate in 2008 did not or benefits? I think the... The challenges and the benefits are different, mm-hmm. but I think they balance out in the same. I think the challenge for the new affiliate now is saying no. Right. I mean, there are so many things that you could do as a gym owner. You could carry liquid chalk. You could carry cold brew coffee. You could have a special type of pull-up bar. You could get uh, new bars that have a center knurling or not. Like, I mean, the amount of equipment and opportunity is overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Awesome, Mm -hmm. but overwhelming. Um, On the flip side, the availability to hit the ground running and having someone create a website, having someone send you a package of equipment and, you know, find matting for your gym is very, very easy now. Whereas, you know, I remember we had to rent, I think, like a Home Depot truck and drive back and forth between this ranch supply store like nine times yes. to get all the mats for the gym. At 100 um, pounds a pop. N- there was no oh, rollout. Yeah. <laughs> no, there was no rollout. And they were so heavy. Um, so, yeah, anyways, I think it, I think it's balanced there. Um, but for the new affiliate owner, I, I definitely think that one of the challenges is saying, what's the small business that I'm going to create and how do I maintain a small business profile of the things that I'm I am doing that I'm choosing to do. One thing that was mentioned in the affiliate roundup was that no longer are we having the discussions with with new members coming in about do you still need to do buys and tries or do you need to do a cardio day or like mm-hmm. it's I I think we have this really awesome luxury today that we don't really need to explain CrossFit to anyone. You, right. you know, it, it's the the general idea is there. We're not we're not talking people off a cardio ledge anymore, which I think is a huge luxury. Uh, on, on the flip side of that coin, in a lot of markets, there are there is some pretty intense competition. Um, and so I think that it also becomes important to differentiate yourself from your competition. If you're in a crowded market, others aren't. Um, so at roots how how do you go about how did you go about identifying sort of your core values that you know obviously you and your staff have these values around excellence and coaching and and maintaining a wel- welcoming environment but how do you then uh talk to the public about those core values 
you mean for a potential client? Correct. Yeah. Or, yeah. So I think, well, I think there's two things at play. So one, while we're not battling the old days of like, let me tell you about CrossFit. I do still think there's, while people know what CrossFit is, there's a little bit of a misconception and it still helps to talk to them about, you know, why we do functional movements, the longevity of doing functional movements, why it's important to span different time zone, time domains and things like that. Because I do think that while they might know what CrossFit is and they might know that it's not just go long all the time and, and there's an element of intensity, I think that sets the foundation for your athletes understanding why you do what you do when you program mm-hmm. and why not every day is long or why not every day is three minutes or, you know, a lift or whatever it is. Um, and, and then with that, uh, so, so to this day, we still, we still teach people what is CrossFit mm-hmm. when they come in. Um, we walk them through, you know, every coach knows how to do a little whiteboard, um, 25 minute talk about what is CrossFit. And I think that, helps with people understanding your program at a, at a level that is is more than just, hey, what's the workout? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think if you're going to build a community and build a, a group of individuals, like-minded individuals that understand why we're not doing things that we're only good at and why you should come on days that you're not good at or it or you don't like what it is, that, that's your foundation for that. Um, because then your members start to help you, mm-hmm. right? So then when someone comes and they, they only come to like a lifting day and then and then, uh, and then you're not the one needling them. Your members are. Well, that's like that's that's the ja- that jackpot, right? Yeah. They're doing they're doing the the help. They're they're describing it for you. Um, What's so interesting yeah. about what you just said is I'm I'm just coming off at, at the time of our conversation right now, Nicole. This episode has not mm-hmm. been released, but I've already recorded yeah. the interview with several yeah. coaches. Uh, Spieler being one of them almost yeah. said verbatim what you just said about it being more than the workout. You know, Cindy right. Cindy is one thing. Why yeah. are we doing Cindy is an entirely different discussion to where you can inject your values into why we do Cindy. That's that's the value of coaching right there. It is. And and I think it's, you know, maybe that's the luxury that that uh, affiliate that's you know, been open for a long time has that it's not relative to 2008 or 2016, just how long you've been doing it is that, you know, I, I use my 530 class as an example many times. And, you know, at, what, people, people want to do CrossFit and they want to do different lengths of workouts because they in their head think that that's going to get them at their goal. So the first start is you have to be able to explain to them, well, this is the goal. This is what we're trying to get to. And this is why we're going to have all these different workouts. Then the next step is when they don't have handstand pushers, they don't have muscle ups, giving them a pathway to get there. And, and then from that, being able to use them as an example of what can be accomplished over many years. And I think that's probably the luxury that maybe we have a little bit is I, I mean, I walk in the gym some days and I'm just, I'm so proud of the people that I know where they started and I know that they couldn't do a pull up. And they came in and they went to class and they did their, what do you call it, skill work. And the coach walked them through it. And it seemed, the skill work seemed so far from where they needed to be one day, you know, but they just stuck in with it. And then three years later, that's CrossFit, Mm -hmm. you know, one workout a day with intensity, 
structured skill. And why I use the 530 class is because they don't have the opportunity to say no to workouts. The only time they have to come is at 530 in the morning. So I go at 530 in the morning and they've been doing one workout a day, not, you know, cherry picking things for years. And it's like, okay, nobody needs bands for pull-ups. Okay. And, you know, and you, half of you guys have a muscle up and two thirds of you have bar muscle ups. Okay. And it's not that they don't work hard and I'm not taking anything away from them, but the consistency piece. And then that in turn fuels your program because they've had a very real experience with how you designed your CrossFit gym, right? Of how you progress people and they, they're only going to go further. I mean, I'm, it's crazy to think what they could be doing in three years. It's just insane to me. But, um, but then they get to talk to other members about that. So when that member is not doing a pull-up, they're like, oh, yeah, I, I started not being able to do pull-ups. And they're like, no way. Like, yeah, let me tell you about it. Oh, that's great. That, I, that, I think, right there is why we do this. And I, I especially love your sort of use of your 530 class as this Petri dish of we're going to explain <laughs> why. We're going to give you the progression. We're going to show you a path. And now it's just kind of this built-in retention, built-in, you know, totally. you know, replicating your tribe even more through this through this class yeah so um i want to wrap up the show nicole i always try to leave our listeners with something really actionable that they can do in the coming week and um you know we've talked about a lot of high level items i think you've really helped to shape this clear picture of a successful affiliate. Now, uh, our listeners will finish this show feeling really motivated, and then tomorrow after listening to it, they'll be like, oh, God, what the hell do I do now? Like, how, how do I go about I'm this? Already, I'm already on the other end of that. I'm like, okay, oh, well, we did this, but now i got to go do this, and oh, no, we need to brush up on this. Yes. It goes both ways. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, good. That, it's good to hear that, that that is still going to be the case. Now, you had mentioned um, – during during the affiliate roundup, it, it was clear that you are the process person. Um, you're you're into these processes, and one thing that you mentioned is that you know you've got an end goal of let's say drop ins, for example. Let's say you field a lot of drop ins. There are a lot of layers to each one of these things that I think when the gym owner begins to dig into those layers, it can feel overwhelming and there's probably something else that's vying for their attention. So they just throw their hands up and be like, okay, well, today's not the day that I create a process. So Nicole, what I'd like to hear from you is maybe if you look back over the the last eight years or so, like, or in your business, if you, if like these kind of seminal transition times for you, uh, what, where was the first place that you began to chip away at this and how would you recommend, uh, the affiliate owners listening go about doing that? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think I probably have two, two specific examples. So one would be programming. So, and the layers of that. So the, the start was, what's the workout? And then the end was how do we bring that workout to life for every person that comes to class, whether they can do it as written or not. So step one was what's the workout. So we follow the main site on a two week delay, but obviously there are main site rest days. So that requires our own programming. So the first step in that process was to create a Google doc that went for the month. I program for two weeks and fill in on the rest days you know, I drop in the main site stuff and then fill in the rest days. And then my other coach, Shane, he does the other two weeks and we flip flop. So the first start of the process was it's not, it's not a night before. It's not a three night before event. It's the week, the two weeks before 
you're, you can go and fill in all your main site stuff and do all the programming. Mm. So that was the first process was get that in place. Then the next part of it is, okay, well, that's great. We've got all these workouts, but now how, how do we see them coming to life on the gym floor? So if the workout is Elizabeth, how do we want it to be scaled for athletes in the gym? We don't want to use the same scaling mechanism every single time. We don't want to always scale volume over load or load over volume. We want to play with those things. And how do we, how do, we do that? So then that went into that had to be part of the notes. Then the next part of the process is what does that actually look like on the timeline for the gym? So the next part of that was writing a workout plan for every single day. So the workout plan, double zero to double, you know, zero three, whiteboard. At the whiteboard, discuss the two scaling options and make sure athletes know that we've got them covered and we'll walk through it in the warm-up. Zero three to 10. 400 meter run, 30 PVC pipe front squats, coach cue the reps, count your reps, coaches, you know, it's, it's detailed. Mm-hmm. Then that's the wild plan. And then the wild plan gets sent out the night before by 8 p.m. most of the time. <laughs> we have like a 90, we have a, we have a really high uh, follow through on that. But yeah, um, sometimes you get sent out at 4.50 in the morning. <laughs> but um, wild plan gets sent out. Then the coaches all have that. And then we create the exact same product for every person that comes to our gym, no matter they come at 5.30 or they come at 7 p.m. at night. Mm-hmm. So that was probably one of the first processes that we, that Shane and I really implemented and made, I mean, made happen. Um, yeah. And I think that as, for processes in general, and also for mm-hmm. a class, you know, let's, you know, like I'll do evaluations on my coaches. And for uh-huh. a long time, I was sitting there and I was evaluating them in class and something wouldn't be right, but I couldn't point to what wasn't right. And I realized mm-hmm. that I was being a terrible boss by saying that I wanted them to improve on something, but not right. pointing to, okay, at minute 17, this is what right. happened because there were no expectations. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I agree. And we've gone one step further with that, too. And we'll try and video um, some stuff so that there's that that baseline conversation point. Because it's really hard to be like, okay, so remember that point when you were teaching and then Sarah did this and then Tomlin got his barbell and then do you remember what his back looked like? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, it, it's, it's the, the value of video is very powerful. It's, video is very powerful. Um, so we try and incorporate that a little bit, too. That's excellent. But yeah, that's that's what we do for programming. So so listeners, there it is. There's your homework is to create a process around programming. Uh, the the mad scramble is not cool. Um, have a plan, and then <laughs> it's not good for your health. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No kidding. And, and then um, and then and then secondly, uh, the suggestion is to come up with these these lesson plans, and and even if it's just a template expectation which i love just template it out from minute zero to to minute 60 and then you Mm -hmm. can sort of plug and play into that template so wow nicole uh We've covered a lot. I think we've covered more than I've ever covered in, in a show. This was a very dense <laughs> oh, show. Oh, wow. Uh, I, I am very appreciative of the knowledge that you bring, and huh. um, you are a, a, a busy mom, business owner, um, you know, uh, seminar staff. Uh, you've got a lot of cool things going on. So 
listeners, if you want to see some of these things in action, head over to CrossFit Roots uh, website, check out uh, their blog. Uh, Nicole is also developing internship programs, so training the coaches, which I think that she is uh, more than qualified to do. So I will, <laughs> I'll drop Nicole's email address in the show notes so you can reach out to her if you or a head coach uh, is interested in getting involved with that somehow. Uh, Nicole Christensen, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy thank the rest so of your week. Thank you so much for having me. 